Hello, and welcome to Getting It Done, a podcast about music, education, and life lessons. I'm your host, Tim Rausenberger, and today is Thursday, February 15th, 2018. This is episode 239, Three Things Future Music Majors Need to Do Immediately. I think back to when I was a high school student and the role that music played in my life. Because I really enjoyed music a great deal. And I was a pretty good trumpet player and a decent singer. In the middle of my junior year, I caught this bug. The bug where I said to myself, I want to do this for a living. And I knew that it was not really performing. I knew that I wanted to teach. And I think it takes a special type of person to both know that they want to teach and to actually do it. But I ran into some issues in trying to find out the things that I needed to do to get myself ready to be a music major. I came from a very strong music program where I had band every single day, chorus every day, music theory every day, and I was even part of the orchestra where on some days I would not attend band rehearsals, but I'd go to orchestra instead. To say I had a great high school experience would be an understatement. The only thing was that my music department was not really structured in the type of way where they were looking to create the next great music teacher or create the next great professional musician. Oh, don't get me wrong. We, the, the musical foundation we all received was second to none. It was outstanding. The, the whole concept of having music theory in high school is amazing. And I look at a lot of the theory programs across the country today where there is this really silly gap in which there will be a, perhaps a first year, first year music theory course and then the next music theory that might be offered in the school is AP music theory. It, it's literally going from almost remedial algebra to calculus. That's literally the comparison I can give you. And it's, it's just, it's not right. And it's, it's not structured well in a lot of schools, but it's that desire to offer AP courses, which is why that happens. But the, the question, the questions that I had back then, a lot of my teachers actually had a difficult time answering them for me. 
And my guidance counselors were absolutely of no help. They didn't have any background at all in music. And music is a very, very specialized thing. So I was thinking to myself the other day, what are the most important things a music major needs to know? And I was presenting a lesson to my class where in the final minutes of the class, I had given the students, uh, it was an inspirational pep talk about following your dreams and things that you should do if you're looking to pursue certain types of careers. And one of those being music. And after school, I was very surprised to have not one but two students who came up to me and said, we think we want to do music for a living. What do we need to do first? Now, you need to understand where these particular music students are coming from because there might be some of you out there who may have a similar situation. One of these students is in band, one is in chorus. Neither of them does both. Both of them are doing an instrument or singing for the first time. In other words, this is their first year and their first year happens to be high school. So I think a question might be, is it ever too late? And the answer I say to that is absolutely not. Yes, it's going to take a lot of work, but you can do this. My One of my college roommates, who is now in Texas and a very, very successful band director in Texas, got his doctorate in percussion performance from... Uh, University of North Texas, UNT, one of the most prestigious schools in the world and probably the top school in the world for percussion. To say that he has done something great with his career would be an understatement, but what's interesting to note is he did not really get into music until about eighth grade. He's a little more of an exception to the rule, but I think that anyone who has those dreams, that you should try to follow them. And if you're passionate and you work hard, things, good things can happen. So what are the things you need to do? And more importantly, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, what are the three things you need to do immediately? As in the second the podcast ends, you need to do them. Here they are. Number one, you need to go online as often as possible and research as much music as you can. It can be anything. You have a gift. You have something that I didn't have when I was growing up. Most of your teachers didn't have when they were growing up. You have this phone in your hand, you have a computer with internet where you can connect and find the answer to anything. If I wanted to know what the word polyphony meant when I was your age, I would have to walk uphill both ways. No, just kidding. I I would have to go to the library. 
and I'd have to go to an encyclopedia and look it up more specifically, and a lot of students don't even know of these, it was the, the groves. And you went to the groves and you, the groves uh, encyclopedia uh, of music, their dictionary of music is legendary, but it's something that's barely even used anymore. You have all of this in the palm of your hand, at your fingertips. You should be looking things up all the time. If I say country music, you should say Johnny Cash. You should be able to say things written by Johnny Cash immediately and be able to possibly even hum a few bars for me. If I say classical music, you should say, well, are you talking about classical music or are you talking about the classical period that we believe started in 1750 and went until approximately 1820? You see, it can't be you waiting around for someone else to teach it to you. You have it in front of you. And the thing is that there are a lot of people in this world who are taking advantage of these opportunities. The opportunities in front of them on the internet every single day. Which brings me to point number two. What's the second thing you should be doing? You should be listening to music all the time. But it shouldn't just be the music that you love. It shouldn't just be a particular style of music that you enjoy. You need to listen to all different types of music. And how do you do that? The same thing as the first one. You, go, you can go online. Greatest classical pieces of all time. You're not going to go wrong. The list could be debatable. The composers, the works could be debatable. But you're not going to get a clunker in there. If somebody firmly believes that Orpheus in the Underworld by Jacques Offenbach is one of the most important pieces of all, all time, that's not a bad piece to listen to. And to know the story about the piece and to know anything about Offenbach, about his life, about anything about him. Because it's now one more thing that you know over your competition. Because guess what? If you're going to be a music major, if you're serious about this music thing, and I don't care what field you're planning on going into, if you're aspiring to be the next great country singer, you better not be listening only to country music. Because any of these great artists, they don't focus on one style of music. Ever! ever. There are so many great musicians out there, certainly great composers, who are classically trained, who may have gone to school for jazz, but that's not what is now their bread and butter. That's not what's bringing home the, the money. That's not what's paying their bills. It might be something completely different. But it doesn't mean that they don't know that critical information. You need to be well-rounded. More than ever, you really need to know anything and everything about all the different genres, about as many different artists and composers and works ever, ever written. So you need to get to listening. You should be on something like YouTube every single day. If you have Spotify or Pandora, 
Just do a mix, but take note of what you're listening to. So if you're listening, doing a, a mix of Baroque music, make sure that you understand the difference between Bach and Handel. And when one of Vivaldi's seasons comes on, you know which season it is. And you're starting to understand the differences between the Allegro and the Andante and what those words even mean. This is so, so important. Do not underestimate these first two things that I mentioned to you. Because here's the thing. Your competition, and I will keep on saying that until the day I die because I say it all the time to my students. You're always going to be competing against someone else. There's always going to be someone out there who wants it more than you do. They want it badly and the the types of musicians the type of music teachers we're, we're seeing in the world yes there are plenty who are coming out of school thoroughly and I'm talking about school not high school I'm talking about college who are thoroughly incompetent but there are others who are fantastic I'm seeing some 23 year old teachers out there who have this this fire in their belly and they're they're burning and yearning and, and they want to know more. And you have to have that same desire, which brings me to number three. And number three, well, obviously you made the right decision because you're listening to this podcast. Because number three is learning from others. More specifically, learning from your teachers, learning from other musicians. You should be picking their brains all the time. You should be asking questions. You're singing a piece of music and chorus. You don't, you see something in there you don't understand. Do you ignore it or do you ask the teacher right away, right away? You're playing a piece of music in, in, in band. Maybe you're playing a piece of music. Uh, it, it could be a piece by uh, Francis Macbeth. Who is that? Who, who is that masked man? You need to know. You need to know his importance in terms of concert band literature. You need to understand why Mozart doesn't work for band. Transcriptions of Mozart for band sound dreadful. But there are reasons for that. And these are the types of things that your teachers are only, are, they're only, excuse me, they're going to be only too happy to help you with. Because you can even hear in this podcast, this is exciting for me. I love being able to help people. I love being able to help people on my podcast. I really take the opportunity to be able to train people and guide people and mentor people and tutor people who are interested in this wonderful world of music and be sure that they know what they're doing and know what they're getting into and know that it's not going to be easy and it's going to take a lot of work and it's a lifelong commitment. We never stop learning. We always want to get better. Because my friends, 
when you get into college, there are going to be people who already know the the classics in terms of whether it's classical music or jazz or rock and roll or rap or hip hop. They know it all. And you might be behind them from a listening standpoint. I can tell you that when I entered school, and this is eons ago, half of my class was way behind me. But the other half of my class, meaning my graduating class, they were ahead of me musically. They knew a lot of this material musically. Well, how did they know? They were at the same disadvantage as I was. The same disadvantage. Somewhere along the way, they must have picked the brain of those music teachers, but they'd been doing it maybe since they were in elementary school. And they'd known all along they wanted to be a musician. Perhaps they had access to tons of uh, jazz albums. Or maybe they grew up in a family where music was just played all the time, where perhaps they played in tons and tons of, of youth orchestras and bands and community groups in addition to just playing in school. Because I can tell you this much, if you think that that your school experience alone is going to be enough. When it comes to the field of music, you are sadly mistaken. And I, I, I hate to sound so harsh, but our world is filled with a lot of incompetence in lots of different fields. But I have just no tolerance for people who are entering this field of music they don't know what in the world they're doing and then even worse somehow or another have the interview of their lives and these people are, are they're getting jobs that's terrifying to me i don't want that type of person teaching my child you shouldn't want that either nobody should want that we want people who really know what they're doing and that's you and that's you for tuning in this podcast. And I appreciate so much that you took the time to listen to this. So teachers, if you're listening to this, this episode today, pass this along to your students. Let them know. Have them listen to the podcast, but have them know and, and let them know and remind them that they should be doing this. You should even go one step further. And I say this to my students that are in my music classes. This is not just for music. This is for any field. If you want to be a nurse, you should want to be the best nurse ever. If you want to be a doctor and you've decided you want to specialize in a, in a, in a particular area, we have that information available to us now. It's not a secret anymore. And the driven people, they're the ones doing it, and they are your competition. And as I speak right now, somebody's looking up a surgical procedure that you know nothing about. So I say to you, get off this, this episode, get away from whatever nonsense you might be doing on your phone or, or whatever, and the stuff that's silly put it off to the side and get to studying because it's it's a this music thing is a, is so 
amazing and so special to all of us out there who care about it. And we want you to be a part of it and to be adding, not taking away from the experience that all of our students rightfully deserve.